Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Today, I want to, it's Resurrection Sunday, and I want to talk about, um, I don't know that it was here that I said I was going to talk about Kinsman Redeemer, um, but that's not uh, Pyrrhal, the redemptive work of Christ to the life of um, Boaz. Uh, Boaz to men, okay. Boaz to men, Kinsman Redeemer. But Boaz's life, how Boaz redeemed um, Ephesians. Ruth. <laughs> yeah, but as I was preparing, I felt more to, to talk on the defense of the resurrection. The defense of the resurrection. Now, more than ever now, we, 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 we need to have a defense. Paul said that, is it Paul or Peter? Peter. That we should be able to give a defense for our faith. We should be able to give a defense for why we, what we believe and why we believe what we believe. Are you with me? Uh-huh. Look at the one lesson and tell the person, you must be able to give a defense. I can't hear. Tell the person, you must be able to give a defense to why you believe what you believe. Are you with me? Uh-huh. Christianity, in its essence, is a resurrection religion. In a sense, it's a resurrection religion. Amen. The concept of the resurrection lies at the heart of Christianity. If you should remove the resurrection, you have destroyed Christianity. Are you with me? Uh-huh. Once you remove that, the house of cards will come down. Amen. And so, the detractors of Christianity, they come at resurrection. The detractors of Christianity cannot attack Jesus because all scholars and uh, theologians or learners or whatever agree that Jesus was a good guy. All of them. Nobody has ever raised an objection to how Jesus lived. As a matter of fact, when you study Jesus, you see that Jesus was quite one that, um, and, you know, shifts tradition, moves things around, revolution. Uh-huh. And he did it so well, you know, that when you study, they'll tell you that Jesus one person that exalted the right of women. Jesus exalted the right of women. And he did this intellectual. I mean, everybody can tell Jesus was an intellectual. He knew what he was about. He was a good guy. You get anything wrong with him. The only thing you get, they have is the resurrection. Hey, are you in the house? Uh-huh. And now in the age of, um, what do you call them? Woke. 
the woke generation. Meanwhile, they are asleep. They said they are woke. <laughs> hey, are you in the house? Yeah, yeah. And the woke generation questions everything. They question everything. Now, the problem is not that they question everything. The problem is the assumptions or the mind they come to question. Because already, oftentimes, they've already made up their mind before they come question. You get it? Aha. Uh-huh. He said, they are, this generation, often, we have a default towards materialism. As of that's the reason why they can't believe in the supernatural. There's already a commitment to the material world and material reality. And a worldview defined by material things. Now, once you have a commitment to that, you will struggle to bring in the view of spirituality. So often that's the problem. Anybody that's come to argue about Jesus and all that, they've already made a commitment and a devotion to material wealth. And once they make that commitment, they don't have a place for God in their world. So whatever argument you make, they'll throw it away. Hey, am I making some sense? Uh-huh. And for us in this day, we must, without failure, understand what we believe and why we believe it. Young people, are you in the house? Church, are you in the house? Old people, are you in the house? <laughs> Amen. Because some people say, young people, you say, no, you're old. So old people, are you in the house? Shake your neighbor, neighbor. Neighbor, you must know what you believe and why you believe what you believe. Are you in the house? Now, let's open the Bibles to, our Bibles to Matthew 28 from the verse 5. Matthew 28 from the verse 5. Oh, let's go to, let's start from the verse 1. We're going to read and then. Shall we read 1, 2, 3, go after? Mm-hmm. Adon. Mm-hmm. Mary was, uh-huh. and the other Mary went. Look at the tomb. There was what? A violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord, what? came down from heaven and going to the tomb and sat on it. The next verse. And his clothes were white as was snow. Uh-huh. The guards were what, so afraid of him that they shook and became like what? Dead men. Okay, the next verse. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Uh-huh. Who was what? crucified. The next verse. He is not worthy. He, he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place he lay, where he lay. And tell the disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into what? Galilee. There you will see him. Now, Hallelujah. Amen. Amazing. So this is the account of the resurrection of Jesus. Ish. Huh. Are you in the house? 
When we look at the account of, um, of um, the resurrection, you know, earlier I was talking about, um, or when I began, I was talking about the detractors of the resurrection. Uh-huh. They have a lot of things they raise. And so I'm going to pick about one or three, or, you know, <laughs> um, areas of the resurrection that makes the account of the resurrection true. Because, you see, those that don't believe see most of the argument is that it is not true. It's like they take the story and start pulling some part of the stories out. Because remember, this is based on eyewitnesses accounts. It's based on what? There's a lawyer in the house. He will tell you how powerful eyewitness account is. You get it? Uh-huh. Once you have an eyewitness account, it's not, it means that the story is not somebody imagining and, and, and doing so. And also means that it is verifiable. Once you have an eyewitness, it means that that's why in the courts, uh, they'll call someone and say, you see an eyewitness, come and stand there. And they ask you, what time? What did you do? How did you throw the stone? Are you sure he swing his hand? And, you know, because now we can verify the account. Hey, please, the resurrection is not a, a, a figmentation of somebody's mind. It's not a, a children's story. It, it's, it's actually happened. That's one of the first I wanted to know that it's actually what? I can't, it actually do what? It, what does it mean to, to if we say it, it happens? Um, or what am I trying to say when I say it happens? It's a true story. Uh, anybody can help with it. It happened. Something happened. <laughs> Come here. It's okay. It's okay. It means that there was a time and space where the event took place. Time and space. Hey, are you in the house? Okay. One, the empty tomb. The Bible makes us understand that at a point in time, the tomb was empty. <laughs> if, it's, if it became empty, it means that something was put inside at a point that was filled, right? Yeah. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. Uh-huh. The tomb was empty. Now, this took place in Jerusalem. And there was a location of a tomb. <laughs> Ish. There was what? A location of a tomb. Amen. And when Jesus was, um, was, uh, was arrested, beaten, hung on the cross, and he died, the body was carried. That's what from the accounts. Even uh, was a pilot put guards there. So there was a body, and then there was a tomb. And the tomb at the point in time had the body. And then at the point in time, the body got missing. One of the clear uh, evidence to the resurrection is that the tomb no longer had a body, even though at the point in time it had a body. And remember what I'm saying, that this is eyewitness accounts. And as at the time this account was made, remember, they could, those that were making the claim and the, prop, uh, um, the detractors could have gone and gone to check. Am I making some sense? Uh-huh. So if uh, in this current generation you have someone who says it's not true, tell the person, 
How is it not true? Because there's a record of uh, uh, um, uh, evidence, um, eyewitness accounts, and that the tomb was empty. And when you read the Bible, all those that were there did not say the tomb was not empty. And I'll show you from other points. They agreed that the tomb at a point in time was empty. Mm. I'm not making some sense. So ask your neighbor, how did the tomb become empty? Remember, it was a dead body was in the tomb. Someone will say, okay, it means that maybe the guards went for it. No, no, the guards were working not for Jesus. They were working for Pilate, the one who killed him. So one of the evidence that you must, and this you have to believe is that the tomb. <laughs> hey, I'm making some sense, somebody. Yeah. Tell everybody the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. The tomb is <laughs> Till this date, when you go there, the tomb is still empty. And somebody said that Christianity is the only religion where the tomb is empty. Everywhere else, there's something still in the tomb. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. Amen. The tomb is empty. And during those times, it would have been unlikely for people to believe the claim of the apostles if the tomb was so empty. Hey. Okay. That's the number two. That's the first one. Number two, the witness of the women, the witness of the women. Now, if you are going to create a story during those days about a powerful savior, don't use women to tell that he's resurrected. Because the women during those days, yes, women could give accounts. They could be witnesses of, a, of issue. But they were not held, the accounts were not held in high value. So if somebody is trying to write a, 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 a lie story, you, you're, you won't use a woman to come and say that women were those who saw it. Hey, are you in the house? So tell them, but nobody is trying to tell anybody a lie. Tell them, tell them but nobody <laughs> It would have been really foolish to use women to go and tell a true story. Unless it's a true story. Unless it is what happened. Hallelujah. The women are powerful in the, in the story of the resurrection. Are you seated by a woman? Said, yes, you are, you, are, you are powerful. You are powerful. Amen. The women are powerful. Amen. And then the third. <laughs> they spread a rumor around that time. There are those that believe that um, the disciples were those who stole the body. Okay. Now here's the interesting thing. The alternative story is that somebody stole it. It means that they agreed that the place was empty. Hey, it's still empty. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. That's what they're saying that. Okay, so the disciples are to go steal the body. Hmm. Some scholars, even today, some have this, equated this um, um, assumptions towards the resurrection stories. And I'm going to share, even though I've highlighted some, I'm going to share about, about four of them, some of the known hypotheses that they use, especially when they're looking at the re- resurrection. Are, are you here? Okay. 
Some believe that when they took Jesus into the womb, then Jesus was revived and Jesus escaped. Yeah. Jesus was revived. <laughs> so that convinced the, how do you call it, the disciples that he had resurrected. But the problem with this is that during those days, yeah, remember Jesus was first whipped. And according to study, the whip they used had metals and bones, dry bones. And the goal was to tear the flesh. And for him to bleed. As some of us, they said it was even, he said, when you do a study, majority of people who go through the whipping hardly make it to the crucifixion. They'll die before they hang them on the cross. But Jesus went through all that blood and even took the beam and then hung on. That's why when he hung on the cross, at a point in time, he just died. So such a person, <laughs> oh, are you, are you in the house? <laughs> hey, the Romans knew how to kill, how to make sure that you, 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 you died. Huh? The Romans knew how to make sure that you die. That is why Pilate put guards. He knew the guy was dead. Mm. Hey. Jesus wouldn't have survived. So that one is a, is a foolish talk. It's a foolish talk. It's a, it's a foolish now, some of these things you have to get into because the same thing goes all over and comes back to you. So understand it. So when they start talking, you know how to answer them. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you why the resurrection is the base of attack. And Paul said it, and I'll come to that. The other one is the, is it the, the conspiracy um, hypothesis. Now, Some believe that the resurrection didn't take place. It was a hoax. It's, it's not true. It's not true. It's just, uh, what do you call it? Uh-huh. You know the stories and then it started beginning. Uh-huh. Now, it says that it's very difficult for that group of men to believe that lie that long. Think about it. It's, <laughs> it's difficult. Now, when you look into the Bible, like sometimes modern day uh, uh, children <laughs> or modern day people, when we look at the Bible, we look at the account of those times and we see them to be weak people. Said daft, light-headed. And that's because we are, we, you know, we are steep in technology, right? Just think about it. Let's take our phones away. Let's take away the privileges that uh, technology gives us and see whether we can survive. So the people of old, they were not daft people, who. Do you get it? They were not daft. 
They knew what they were about. So when he said there's a result, it wasn't that they were just oh, walking about aimless, don't know anything, and then somebody said, is it true? Oh, okay, then we are going to. No. Hey, I'm not making some sense, somebody. Shake your nose and say, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's true. Tell me, say, it's true, it's true, it's true. Yeah. And then the other argument is that it said, here's what it was. It says, look, it will be very difficult also for the idea of resurrection to enter the minds of the disciples if it's a hoax. That would not be what it would have been accounted to. But account of, of resurrection was because it is true and because of their experience with Jesus. That's how they could come to that conclusion. I want to make some sense. Uh-huh. It can't just be in the air like that. So when people say, no, the resurrection is not true. No, no, no. It's a lie. It's true. Someone says, it's true, it's true, it's true. Hey, it's true. Tell me it's true. It's true. And then the other thing about it is that nobody would have given up their life for a fabrication. Nobody would have given their life for a fabrication. You all say something until they put a, something on you, a knife on you, and say, okay. I didn't know. We were, we were all joking. It was a joke. We started in a room and then... <laughs> But all those who started talking about the resurrection, all of them lost their life. All of them. It was only John who died naturally. Even John, after he had been put in hot coal of oil, burned and he didn't die. And then he went to die. So everybody died for what he did. Would you have laid down a life for a, a, a lie? No. Hey, are you in the house? Shake your name and say, neighbor, the resurrection is true, it's true, it's true, it's true. There's also the wrong two hypothesis. Uh, you have uh-huh. <laughs> As I said, they, they believe they are woke, but they are asleep. They said the women had gotten lost on their way to Jesus' tomb and accidentally stumbled upon a caretaker of an empty tomb. <laughs> and when the, when the caretaker said, Jesus is not here, the women were so disoriented, they fled. <laughs> and their story then became developed into a resurrection myth. Now, here's the thing. this doesn't explain the fact that there are those who give account that they saw Jesus after you get it Uh it doesn't explain the fact that they saw Jesus after and then based on the account of scripture the women couldn't have lost their way they couldn't have lost their way and then thirdly, how can a caretaker said he is not here and then completely by saying he is risen? Because they are saying that the account of the person they saw, the angel, was a caretaker. And how would the caretaker say he is not here, he is risen? Do, do you get it? Yeah. Hallelujah. And then the fourth one, the displaced body hypothesis. 
Hmm. They say that Joseph of Arimathea placed Jesus' body in his own tomb and later moved it to a criminal's graveyard. <laughs> and that the disciples were not aware that Jesus' body had been moved and therefore wrongly inferred that he had risen from the dead. <laughs> you see, once someone doesn't want to believe, they will believe any other foolish thing so that they will not believe. Did you get it? Like a, a current generation, because they can, a man cannot believe he's a man, he can believe he's something else. He can believe he's a dog, he can believe he's a cat, he can, he can believe all these ones so that he won't believe he's a human being. Hey! Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? <laughs> And it said that the criminal graveyard during those days, and the, uh, what's his name? Joseph's uh, graveyard, they are the same place. So it wouldn't have made sense to put in one <laughs> and go and remove and put in another. It also don't take into account the fact that the, the, what's it, what's it, the soldiers were at, at post. Hey, am I making some sense? Now, why is it that the resurrection is so much attacked? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 19. And we are going to read it. All of us are going to read from 12 to 19. Are we there? Okay. Shall we go? One, two, go. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 19. Okay. Give us Amplified. Amplify so that we can read. Okay. Shall we go? One, two, go. But now, if Christ is preached. Hey. Okay, you. Let's look at think. But let's go. But, if, but now, if Christ, the Messiah, is preached as raised from the dead, how is it that some of you, there's no resurrection of the dead? Let's go to the next one. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then what? Christ is, has not risen. Uh-huh. And if Christ has not risen, then our preaching is what? It's in vain. It amounts to nothing. And your faith is devoid of truth and is what? Fruitless. Without effect, empty, imaginary, and what? Unfounded. Uh-huh. We are even discovered to be what? Misrepresent God. For we testified of him that he was that he raised Christ, yes. whom he did not raise, that the dead are not raised. The next verse, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. Mm. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is mere delusion, uh-huh, fruitless. And you are still in your sins, under the control and uh-huh, the next verse. And further, those who have died in spiritual fellowship and union with Christ have perished, are lost. The next verse. If we who are abiding in Christ have hope only in this life, that is all. 
Then we, then we, okay, then we are of all people most miserable and to be what? Ish. This is a lot to unload. Now, he's saying that there were those during uh, 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 Paul's time who did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. So he said, hey, if some of you are not believing in the resurrection of the dead, actually what you are trying to say is heavy. So let me unpack the, resur- uh, the, 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 um, the resurrection of the dead and its implication and why you should believe in the resurrection of Christ. I, 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 is it making sense? Okay. You have to understand that the resurrection of Jesus not only proves Jesus' own resurrection, but it proves the principle of resurrection in general. Actually, that's the thing. The, the, the resurrection of, of the dead, dead not only proves Jesus' resurrection, but that man will resurrect in the, first, in, uh, in the final, uh, finality of all things. Does it make sense? Uh-huh. So what Paul is saying first, A, is that if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Meaning, in tree, enkosi, she, ana enkosiaga. It means that all me, what I'm preaching, all the Sunday I'm coming, I'm, I'm wasting my time. It means that all the preachers that I've ever preached on the surface of it, they've all wasted their time. If you go believing that Jesus didn't rise again, that's what you're saying. All the men and women of God who gave their life, all those that they, they, they killed and all that, you are saying that their preaching and their efforts means nothing. Hallelujah. Mm. Paul preached in vain. All that Paul wrote and did, it was in vain. All, all the whips that Paul received, it was in vain. The shipwreck and everything was in vain. Is that what you're saying? Hallelujah. <laughs> Two, you see, if Christ is not risen, then not only that all that he did was in vain, it was false. It means that underneath or undergirding their actions is, is, is falsehood, is lie. Or a desire to deceive. So it means that I'm here wanting to deceive you. That's what it means. It means that all the sound and the light is to organize and deceive you. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, all the Pentecost church has been doing over the years. Now, one of the people don't realize that it's not easy to keep a lie going. A lie, oh, it's so difficult. Ask Sheldon of, of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> the, guy know, the guy doesn't know how to tell a lie. He said it's too much work to keep a lie. It's too much work. Think about it. It's heavy work. It's a strain on your mind to keep remembering what you have said before. 
So all this organizing church and everything, we are all trying to keep a lie going. My friend, I, would, I won't be in ministry. I can't, I can't keep up. I'm not making some sense, somebody. Uh-huh. Shake your neighbor and say, this cannot be a lie. It cannot be a lie. It cannot be a lie. Yeah. The apostles, all of them, liars. Peter, liars. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Philip, all those guys. Bartholomew, with a big name. He was a liar. <laughs> That's what you're saying. If you say... There's no resurrection. Hmm. Hmm. And then the next point is that it says, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. It means that what you, the faith you have, is, it means nothing. And it said, it means that you are still in your sins. So it means that the sins you confess after is still there. That's why anybody that comes to talk about the resurrection, you have to be wise. Say, hey, don't come and touch that. Because if you touch that, you mean you're going to tell me that me, I'm still in my sins. No. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. If there's no principle of resurrection, then Jesus does not rise from the dead. If Jesus does not rise from the dead, then death has power over him. And death defeated Jesus. That's what you're saying. Death defeated Jesus. If death has power over Jesus, he is not God. If Jesus is not God, he cannot offer a complete sacrifice for our sins. If Jesus cannot offer a complete sacrifice for our sins, our sins are not completely paid for before God. If my sins are not completely paid for before God, then I'm still in my sins. Therefore, if Jesus is not risen, he is unable to save Are you with me? You see, sometimes you, 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 you're talking with someone and someone says, oh, this is my dream, Trey. Say, say hey. Yeah. <laughs> One thing we can tell about, we, 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 it stands with Muslims. You know, how, how many is this? Four, five years ago or something, where somebody went to do a drawing, caricature of Muhammad. Muslims bend embassies and things across the globe like this. One of the books I'm reading about extreme, uh, uh, Muslim extreme, extreme, uh, extremists and all gives an account of how one is Guinea. When it happened, Christians in a village somewhere said there are churches and things got burnt by Muslims because somebody was going to draw a caricature of Muhammad. But we, we sit and people... Attack the resurrection, which is the base. Am I making some sense? Yeah. The resurrection is one of the ultimate proof of Christ's lordship and, um, and deity to us. Because he said he will lay down his life and then he will take it up again. Am I making some sense? Yeah. I want, look, I want the next time when you see somebody, somebody you're talking, you have to know how to defend the resurrection. And people tell them, hey, you don't contact my friend. Stop. You don't know what you're talking about. Let's not entertain all this work and, and, and loose talk. No. The resurrection must not be touched. If the person wants to know, you can give him evidence or proof, but they cannot bring the opinion into it. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's risen, he's risen, he's risen, he's risen, he's risen. Yeah. It says, 
Then he says, if Christ is not risen, then those who are falling asleep, that means those who are dead in Christ, they, are, they have perished. We won't see them again. It means that we have false hope. Yeah. It means that you, when you go to funeral, you have to know that it is, the person is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, we shall meet again. We shall meet where? <laughs> it means that the dead are, in Christ are gone forever. It also means that if Christ is not risen, then in this life, that's what Paul said, it, it means that in this life only we have hope. That means every hope we have is why we are alive. Once we, we die, we are gone. And Paul said, if that is the case, then we should be the most pitiful people ever to be seen on the surface of the earth. Christians should be the most... Because there's no hope. We are just wasting our time. We are just worrying ourselves. It means that what is good for morality? Why are you trying to be good? Why are you trying to be kind? If there's no resurrection of the dead, if there's no... Why are you trying, ask them, why are you trying to be good? Ask them, why are you going to school to learn? Why, are you getting, why do you want to get... Why? Why? Why don't you have 600 wives? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's what it means. That's what it means. Once the resurrection of Christ is not there, oh, there's no hope for living well. We all live, we all die. That's that's the that's the calling. But Paul said, I was right, I'm writing to you because even though you believe, because some believe, but there are others who don't believe and attacking it. Now, and one of the strong foundations for um the 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 the, the proof of resurrection Paul even wrote was the fact that the people as at the time Paul wrote and um the account, they wrote the account of the New Testament. The people that saw Jesus after his death, were, a, a number were still alive. So in a sense, those that truly needed a proof could have just taken a walk to the up there and said, uh, brah, who's who Jesus? So as I started by saying that, sometimes people don't have, their desire is not to know the truth. They want to believe the alternative of truth. And that's any lie that anybody could fabricate. And especially now, especially now in the age of information and knowledge. Now, I was listening to something that the person said that was so profound. I said, look, if you actually study, you will notice that chunk of promise of science has not been delivered. Keep you young. Take care of you. There are medicines that says it will sustain people's life, but they start, and then the benefits are killing them. The science, in a sense, has even done, to some degree, a lot of harm, even though it has done a lot of good. But we have this affinity to it, a, 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 a commitment to it, because there's something deep down that does not want the supernatural, the element of our being, to be expressed. Am I making some sense, somebody? That if we truly wanted the truth, I'm telling you, we'll see it. If we truly wanted the truth, we'll see it. Hey, are you in the house? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am serious. I am serious. 
Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. First Corinthians 15, 8, 3 to 8, Paul said, For I deliver to you, first of all, all that also I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by what? Cephas. Brother Cephas saw uh, Jesus. Brother Cephas. Brother Cephas saw Jesus. Brother Cephas. Amen. And who again? Then what? The twelve. And then what? Then say what? After that, he was seen by what? Over what? How many? More than five hundred. It just said. How do, you, how do you say 500 in Ghana or three? A po, a po, a po. <laughs> How did you say it? Oh, huh? Oh, how are you? That's Ghana. Oh, how are you? And then, I have you. One, two, three. Bakumbia Minu. Five hundred. Five hundred people he showed himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't let anybody tell you it's not true. It's true, pa. Amen. Tell anybody it's true, it's true, it's true. He said, by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. Then, as he wrote, that it means that they were alive. But some have fallen asleep, some have died. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. The last of all, he was seen by me also. So me, as I'm telling you, I've seen the guy. What are you talking about? Amen. I've seen the guy. Come and tell me that I didn't see the guy. Oh, be serious. Shake your neck. Oh, be serious. Oh, be serious. Tell me, be serious. Be serious. Be serious. Be serious. Okay. So, in conclusion, in conclusion, I do. If you go, go on. When I start, when you start studying on the resurrection, it's just nice what you. I mean, that's what you see. There's been enough writers. Enough. As more fact, guys, are you in the house? There's a guy by name. Let me check whether I can find his name. But. B A R T is Bart, right? Okay. E H R M A N is what? Uh-huh. He said. <laughs> he said, look, we can say with some confidence these guys were writers. Some of them were writers about 50 years of the account of the resurrection. Some were 30 years. There were people who wrote. And they did not write, they didn't take what the, uh, the account of John Dems and then they copy. No, they were writing of things that were happening as at that time. Yeah. He said, we can say with some confidence that some of his disciples claim to have seen. He said, we can say with confidence. It means that there was this truth to it that they are seeing the guy. Hey, am I making some sense? Okay. So in conclusion, what am I saying? The resurrection points us to three things. Three things. One, it points us to truth. The resurrection points us to truth. Truth. It points out to the fact that if it's true that Jesus rose again, it means that what Jesus told of himself is true. 
Because Jesus said that I will die and I will rise again. Now, if that is true, then it means that what Jesus said of God is true. It means also that what Jesus tells of us is true. Hey, am I making some sense? It means that Jesus can be trusted to be the, the, the foundation for truth. That's what it means. And once anybody shifts the resurrection, that person does not want truth. It means that that person is somebody who is open to lies and falsehood. It means that you cannot hold that person's worldview to anything. Hey, am I making some sense to somebody? Yeah. yeah. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. It points to truth. I also, and because that truth changed the disciples. How I many of you guys, guys remember Peter? Before Jesus was, was um, crucified, after they, they, they've caught Jesus, Peter was standing around and the girl just, the teenage girl just pointed at Peter and said, this guy is part of them. What did the guy do? He insulted and brought curses. Hey, whoa. Hey, I can imagine Peter sweating and angry, cursing the girl. This same guy, afterwards, after the resurrection, was bold enough and asked the people, who should we believe, you or God? <laughs> it's only truth that makes a man like that. Truth is what builds a boldness out of a man. And all the disciples follow and they all died for what they believe. The resurrection points us to truth. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. It's truth. That's why the church is a pillar of truth. It's a place, a foundation, a pillar of truth. Because why? Here we must teach the resurrection. The church teaches about the resurrection. Hey, are you in the house? I'm making some sense, somebody. Yeah. Number two, it points us to the power of God to work miracles. That's what the resurrection does. Because the greatest fear of man is death. Death makes all look. Death makes great men, rich people useless. Because money cannot buy life. Sometimes, when once the person is dead, is dead. But at the face of death. God raised up. So the resurrection points to the power of God to work miracles. Hallelujah. And that every believer, everybody who believes in the resurrection must believe that God can raise dead things. Hey, I thought someone would say amen. amen. That God is able to raise every dead situation. And I like I like the testimony of, of, of Pastor Eric. Yeah. God raised back the child. Bible tells of, of Abraham that he believed that even uh, uh, should God kill his son, God can give life back to his son. Hey, am I making some sense? Believers are uh, believers are believers in miracles. Amen. Tell about we are believers in miracles. Never get to a place where you start getting rationalized and say there's no more miracle. Hey, it means that you are forfeiting the belief of the resurrection. There's a miracle. Tell about there's a miracle. There's a miracle. Tell the one that God is able to raise dead things back to life. Hey. Tell about God is able to raise dead things back to life. God is able to raise. Hey, 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 hey. Hallelujah. What is the situation you are in right now? What are you going through? God is able to give life back to it. Hallelujah. God is able to give life back to it. And lastly, 
it points us to eternal hope found only in Christ. The resurrection points us to eternal hope found only in Christ. Colossians 1 26 says, it said, it said, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God has willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, it's him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. He said, which was the mystery? It is Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. The resurrection points to hope. That all there is is not just this life. Oh, am I making some sense, somebody? Hallelujah. All there is is not just this life. It points to the fact that we can believe and have hope that God is able to turn things around. God can turn things around and make something out of a hopeless situation. Hallelujah. Hope. Someone say hope. Believe in miracles. Amen. And then truth. These three things, the resurrection points to us. And today, we as we celebrate um, the resurrection of Christ, May our minds be tuned to these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's rise up on our feet and just lift up our hands and give God some glory. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.